Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Hello, my name is Joe Armstrong, and lucky, lucky you are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, David Lunning. David Lunning and his band are earning their accolades in the best way possible, simply by being good at what they do and by working hard. After high school, Lunning left his hometown in Northern California and set out to study film scoring at Boston's prestigious Berklee College of Music. Things were going just fine until he happened to hear a John Prine record at a college party. Prine's seemingly effortless, enigmatic, and elegantly simple songwriting style was a personal epiphany for Lunning, and it set him on an entirely new tack. After convincing his parents that he needed to drop out of school to pursue this new career, Lunning leaned hard into the craft of writing and performing. It wasn't long before he'd assembled a band, released an album, and hit the road. That self-released first record, Just Drop On By, put him on the radar of listeners and music supervisors alike, and Lunning's music began to land placements in movies and TV shows. All the while, Lunning and his stalwart band were logging miles playing shows across the country, raising their profile and getting out in front of even more new fans. The beginning of 2017 finds Lunning poised to release his sophomore album, Restless, and the record is a step forward in both writing and performing skill. After a quick spin, it's evident that Lunning shares some of his mentor's approach. His songs, like Prine's, are delivered in a deceivingly simple style that comes across as unadorned truth. Lunning's melodies are catchy and hummable, and not a syllable or guitar lick is wasted. It's a refreshing and mature listen in a world of overly quantized and auto-tuned artists, all desperately and loudly vying for attention. Welcome to Independence Day, David Lunning. Hey, David. Hey. How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. You guys are on the road. It's a special thing when people stop by when they're on the road because, like, being on the road, you're busy. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's a big deal when you're on the road because you've got gigs, you've got, like, other responsibilities, other interviews, traveling. I mean, it's, it's like a bitch. It's, it's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but it's also, it's work. Like, it makes you tired. So it, is, it is a lot of work. It's, it seems to be pretty darn rewarding, though. Yeah. You know? Well, if you're doing it right, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for I me. Mean, I, I again, I always I, I take a special amount of thanks. I give a special amount of thanks to bands who do this when they're on the road because it's an extra thing. They get a call from their PR person. Hey, some hosehead <laughs> in Glendale wants to have you on his podcast, and so it means a lot to me when bands come out to share their gifts. And let's take this opportunity. Let's introduce the band as well because it's not just you. Sure, it's here sure, today. Yeah. It's kind of your name on the marquee. It's your name on the record. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the record in a few minutes. But let's introduce the band. On drums, we have Lyndon Reed. Say hello, Lyndon. Hey there. How's it going, man? Good. Again, thanks to you as well. Thank you. On upright bass, which I love to call the bull fiddle, Mr. Ben Dubin. Say hello, Ben Dubin. Hello. Thanks for having us, Joe. That's my pleasure. It is, and also harmonica. You do a really cool thing. I've, I've never seen a person play upright and harmonic at the same time, so that will come into play later as we get right through on. this. Thanks. So kudos to you. And also Dave Sampson on guitars and the mandolin. Hey there. How are you doing, Joe? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. The smallest instrument of today's, uh, <laughs> today's performances. So uh, right off the bat... Um, you know, David, I want to ask you about your college experience because sure, it's kind of sure, it's, it's yeah. it looms large in all your press materials and it's mm-hmm. in your bio and all this kind of stuff. But the reason, especially, I want to bring it up is that you and I both went to Berkeley yeah. College of Music right. in Boston, Massachusetts. The first question I want to ask you is: That's a hell of a long way from where you grew up. <laughs> like, why Berkeley of all the places you could have gone? Well, I mean, it is an it is an amazing school, and um, you know, for for rock and roll and and for um, film scoring is what I was wanting to do. Um, that was a very that was like the place to go for film scoring for me. 
Um, so it's kind of a no brainer. I, I got in and, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. So, so then I, then I went there. Right. But then something happened while you were there. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was living in an apartment building, um, and two friends that were living in, in same building, they invited me over and they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to like sing some songs and, and hang out and listen to music and stuff. And like uh, those back bay row houses, those kinds of things. Yeah. Exactly. We used to go to parties. I used to love going to those parties. Totally. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well, and then, then that was like the first time that they had, had the first time I had ever heard of like John Prine or, or, uh, Ryan Adams or old core medicine show. And like all this, all these great, great music. Um, cause at the time I was listening to like, like Mr. Bungle and, and like, <laughs> like Fontana. Also an and, and odd Totally, jump. yeah, totally, totally different well, Wait, wait, stuff. wait. Back up for just a second. Okay. Like, if, if you were listening to Mr. Bungle, I mean, I have nothing against Mr. Bungle, but how did you get from Mr. Bungle to film scoring, I guess, is maybe another uh, apt well, question. Well, I mean, what I was listening to was not necessarily what I was composing. So I was, okay, I was, right. I was uh, primarily a, a piano player, and, and that's what I was going to school for. Um, so when I would write on the piano, it was more cinematic. It was more... Right. Kind of that kind of stuff. Because I'm imagining a movie scored with Mr. Bungle, and that would work <laughs> for a certain type of movie. But you know, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. I mean, I had, I had the music that I was listening to. Um, I was also in actually a, like a really weird experimental prog rock band in in Berkeley for like a month or yeah. something like that. It Which was, you can do at Berkeley. There's so many players. Yeah. Like you can be in like 73 bands. And like eat one of them for like a week and two weeks or whatever that experience. Yeah, I, it, was, it was. I loved the experience I had there. Oh yeah, no, I thought it was great. I mean, the weather is ugh. Yeah, Weather's, coming from California, of course, it was rough. I had no idea. Yeah, so I came from Chicago, so really it was just a different variation of the same kind of crappy weather. Right, right. You know, closer right. to the well, ocean, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it was for. I mean, for for us, like like living up in in Northern California, it's all it's pretty mild. Yeah, but then like when I went to Boston, I had no idea. It's like six, seven months of winter. Yeah, and then there's like the there's like that one month uh, where it gets like you know it's like fifty two degrees, right. and people are starting wearing shorts, and right? Like tank tops and stuff. I call that okay. shorts and coming from Chicago, I call that shorts and boots weather. Yeah, because yeah. you would wear like because it's muddy and like icy and frozen, but yet <laughs> kind of warm at the same time, and everyone's like shoveling out a spot to fire up their barbecue yeah. grill. Anyway, so it must have been kind of a, it was a culture shock for me. Boston's a small town too, but I guess yeah. coming from where you came from, San Francisco's smaller, and you're from even farther north from there. Yeah, I'm actually from uh, Forestville, which is like an hour and a half north of San Francisco, and and it's real small. Yeah, it's rural I mean, up there. Yeah, the uh, the parade, like the parade that we have every year, actually goes from one side of the town to the other, and, and the it turns floats. around. The float, no, but they, but the, the floats have to like wait until the float has reached the other side of town before the next one can go. Okay, it's such a short run. I was imagining like being so short that they just turn around and come back <laughs> through a second time there's to like not enough, get another not enough chance space to turn around. Yeah, I suppose yeah. you're right. Uh, so now your Berkeley experience. Now at this point, you know, because that must have been like a sea change moment if it sent you off yeah. on this this whole other journey in your life. You know, giving up like a college experience, uh, especially traveling all the way across the country. You know, the first question I have is like, what what did your your parents were they cool with this choice? Oh, like, God, no. hey, mom, oh, I heard no. of this guy named John Prine, and I'm like, going, it's like going to follow the dead, sort of. No, they were ne- they were not into the idea of of leaving school. I mean, I I I started. Um, I actually did started to 
write a bit, and I wrote um, Northern California, the song, which really was about me missing Northern California, and also, but having troubles in Boston, and and um, and that was when, after I was inspired by John Prine to start writing kind of more like Americana yeah. kind of things, and so um, I called up my, my parents, and I said, hey, I want to do this singer-songwriter Americana thing. That's what I really want to do. I, I figured it out, you know. I want to do that. Right, right, right. And um, and they were like, no, no, no. Like, you should finish. Maybe you should stay in school, You should son. stay in school, finish your degree. It's a good thing to do. And I was like, no, nah, I got to do it. I got to do it. So then I, I went home uh, for, like, winter break, and I and I played that song for them. And, um, and they were like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I moved back to Northern California, and I've been doing it ever since. So, yeah. so now, but I want to play a song to give people an example. You've got a brand new record coming out very, very soon, just a week from Friday. Records come out on Fridays now. Like I'm, I just, I'm still getting used to that. It was right. always Tuesday <laughs> yeah. since like the dawn of time. It was always Tuesday, but now it's Friday. So, congratulations! Thank you. By the way, the new record is called Restless. I keep wanting to say Helpless. Yeah, because <laughs> it's such a Neil Young kind of vibe. Restless, restless, restless. <laughs> but uh, but it's no, it's it's restless and coming out very very soon. So I want to play a song from that. We come back. I want to talk to you as well as the band a little bit about the band experience, what it's like being on the road, all those sorts of things. So this week's guest, David Lunning, L U N I N G. He is a Bay Area North based singer songwriter as well as the rest of his band is based there as well. Beautiful new record coming out a week from Friday. Pick it up at davidlunning.com plus all your favorite internet retail. For now, let's check this out. This is the song Driftin' with the apostrophe on Independence Day. Driving down southbound, headed out A full tank of gas in an open road and all I wanna do is travel on with a band that's playing music till the sun comes up. Oh, I wanna keep on drifting like a rambling man of God. Yes, I wanna keep on drifting like a rambling man. Do it all again 
drifting like a rambling man of God. Yes, I wanna keep on drifting like a rambling man. Oh, I wanna keep on drifting like a rambling man of God. My name is Joe Armstrong. This week's artist is David Lunning. And I want a quick clarification there. The song is Driftin'. I said Driftin' with the apostrophe. That's actually not the name of the song, Driftin' with the apostrophe. <laughs> it's actually just Driftin', but there is an apostrophe on there. I want right. to make people know it's not Drifting, it's Driftin', which when you're a songwriter, it actually matters. Yeah. I mean, it matters to me. Yeah. Like, it's very specific. Language is kind of our stock and trade. Like, that's what we make. That's how we make what we make or what we make it with. Anyway, you've got a whole band with you. Let's hear from these cats about this, this experience, right? So it, it, give me just a quick rundown. Just Anybody can jump in first here and tell me, like, like, when did you first hear of this guy? Did you guys grow up with him? Like, how did this band come to be? Hmm, I guess I'll take that. This is uh, Dave Sampson, guitar player for David Lunning Band. Uh, I was in the North Bay playing an assortment of bands, and I had recently broken my wrist due to a BMX bicycle accident. And I was, as you do. As you do. Hey, man, it was fun. So anyway, uh, recovering from my broken wrist, I uh, couldn't play the guitar, but I grabbed a hold of a mandolin because I could actually wrap my hand around the strings and the neck and picked up lap steel two and dobro and started fooling around. And then I wanted to get back out playing as much as I could, as soon as I could. And the first and only time I ever looked at, it's embarrassing to say, Craigslist ad, ah. which I never did. You know, it's like I never needed to. I always had gigs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just need to get out there and play. And so there's people, and I listened to his samples of this guy named David Lunning. And he had, I think, a link to a little video that you had done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, there's something here. It's actually pretty darn good. So yeah. I, I called you, met you a few days later in a garage at Zach Garn's house. That's right. And I think a That's week right. later, we played a gig, and it's been a, every day or week after that since then. Yeah. 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 Ben? Um, this is Ben Dubin, bass player, harmonica player with David Lunning Band. <laughs> It's like a baseball card. <laughs> Some stats I'm a Taurus, and I like <laughs> slow walks on the beach, well, actually, like quiet Pisces, evenings at home. Just for anyone who's really interested, and who knows? Nice Merlot. Go on. I'm sorry. Yep. Actually, more of a uh, Pinot guy, but uh, that's fine. You know. Um, yeah, so what were we talking about? How we started playing together? Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. Yeah, we kind of knew each other, I guess, uh, from being around. I think there was like a couple like parades. Not speaking of parades, like uh, we, there was some like march thing uh parade thing that we were both in i remember what's with the north berry and the parade we it's like, it's like, parades. Parades. It's like we a like weekly them. thing yeah it's pretty much yeah like all the time so yeah so needless to say i saw him a lot with all the parades <laughs> constantly <running laughs> right each other. he has his, he's a float maker obviously uh, he's got his own float we'd be on opposite sides of the float like oh there's that guy again from the parades so <laughs> no no i was actually i was uh, playing with uh another band that uh that i had started before and we were at this like kind of featured open mic thing, like the featured band or whatever. And uh, and then and David comes up to me, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, um, you know, I haven't seen you in a parade in a while. How have you been?" <laughs> no, and then uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm since like- Thursday, I haven't seen you in a parade." Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Yeah, it's been days." But yeah, no, it was it was kind of funny because David was being kind of like um, 
I don't know how you say it, reserved or something. He's like, I, yeah, it's, everything's going good, man. Yeah, I do. Uh, I was just kind of like looking, trying to get a bass player though for my band. I'm getting going, you know. And he just had this. I'm like, oh, cool. That sounds good. He was kind of like silent for a while. He's like, you play bass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you totally sound like he's you're like courting him like for a date. Yeah, it was yeah, a little. Yeah, you know, it's like you know you're you're like, like a little you're a little bashful about it. You yeah, know, it's like, it's like bashful. That's the hey, word, yeah. you know. I, I hear yeah. you're a girl. <laughs> you know, you go out with me. Anyway, come on. I need a date. Yeah, so so it was like that, and then another pause, and then because I didn't know what to say to that, I was like, yeah, indeed, I do play bass. Very true. And then he is like, uh, would you like to play bass with me? And that was like the you know, the final. Right. And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. And then, yeah. And then you guys kissed. Yeah, and then we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically speaking, to consummate the deal. Yeah, it's funny that like, every every band's got a, like an origin story, and they're all there's always like a weird, not not weird bad, but there's always like a weird thing in there. Like I, I like the kind of bashful nature because I totally get it. Like when you're when you're a band leader, I know what that's like when yeah. you want you want to play with somebody, but like you don't know if they want to play with you. Right. right, it's just like the sandbox. It's like you know, I've got some matchbox cars. You've got some matchbox cars, but you, you know, it <laughs> you can't come it's off. It's not quite that too, easy, though. You don't want to sound too desperate either. Right? Well, exactly. It's right. exactly like dating. And Will then, you please play bass with me, <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon. How about you, man? Uh, yeah, um, this is Lyndon Reed, playing the drums, drummer, playing drums with that guy, David Lunning. <laughs> um, yeah, we've kind of, I mean, we've been playing music in the same area. For a long time or had been still are but at the time um we kind of knew a lot of the same people but we didn't really know each other and then when he got back from school he was uh doing a bunch of open mics at the hot monk in sebastopol yeah and uh some of my friends were going out there to see him play and that's the first time i saw him yeah and it was well, awesome and then what what uh if i can jump in in here uh, David Lenning, here. Uh, I had asked. I had, I was looking for a drummer, and I actually I knew that you were really busy, and I asked you if you knew anyone that could play, and you were like, "Yeah, well, Zach Garn, yeah. Zach Garn could play." And so uh, I was in like a ton of bands at the time. Yeah, and I mean, I, I really I and so I ended up playing with with Zach, and um, and then Zach left uh, left for school, and then I I, I called yeah. you up. And I said, hey, like, can you sit in for this gig? Like, we have this gig, and we don't have a drummer. Like, can we, you know, can you, can you come yeah. do a rehearsal real quick? My girlfriend's out of town, yeah. but, I, <laughs> but I need a date on Friday, so will you go out with me? Some, yeah. So you guys go with the metaphor. Like, this is making sense yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just like that. Yeah, and, and it was a little bashful, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, think of it. I'm sure. It was at that uh, that oyster fest. I, I don't remember. I thought oyster, it was a hot muck. But oyster it, parade, it I think. Uh, Aubergine. Oh, that it was, was at Aubergine. <laughs> I don't know. No, that was the first show. But I remember you talking to me about the show. Right. I think I right. was playing. You were at a. We were at another show. I, yeah. There were shows involved. Probably something like that. Yeah. And but I, yeah, I asked you, and you were like, "Sure, yeah, I'll sit in." And then uh, you've been in the band ever since. So. <laughs> Little did he know. Yeah. So now. To kind of tie it all together, how far, like this, this collective, like this, this lineup, how far back does it go? Because you've been out of school now, like yeah. a pretty good while. Uh, yeah, I've been out of school for about nine yeah. years. So yeah, so is yeah. this this lineup been pretty consistent? Yeah, so like six six going on to seven years. So all right, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. It's hard to keep a band together. Yeah, yeah. 
Because uh, it's like I've always felt the, the the being in a band like if you're in a band with three guys, it's like being married to three guys. Yeah, where it's like being married to four people. Like you're all kind of married to each other because all your idiosyncrasies and all the good things that you love about people are the things that's going to drive you insane about them as well. <laughs> especially if you're touring, you know, especially and, and especially at the van level. But even at the bus level, it's the same thing. You know, yeah. you have to. There's always those stories about uh, Pink Floyd. By the time they got to the wall, they hated each other so much that they each had their own trailer and they were arranged in a circle backstage facing out so that none of of them had to see each other at that point that's pretty deep it's pretty it's pretty sad actually is what it is because you start off like you're you're friends with these people right you know there's love like they're they're like brothers like a band of brothers kind of situation so uh and you guys make beautiful music together and i'm not saying that as a pat kind of way i'm really excited for people to hear the live songs you're about to play and what's this first one going to be we've got just we're gonna about enough time for about three today i think and what's this first one yeah the first one is uh be like gold and this is on the new record it is yes and tell me just a little bit about this, and now I'd like you guys to play it. Um, it, it was actually interesting. This is one song that I had um, as a like half-written thing um, that the record was getting finished, and the producer was like, we need another song, we need another song. And I showed him like this half-written song. He's like, you need to finish that. You absolutely need to finish that. And so um, I did. And I was I was really really stoked to actually have that push to finish this song. Yeah, because I've I've really I've I've I, I liked that half written part for a long time. Right, right, right. And then was able to have that final push to write the rest of it. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked on how it. Turned when we out. come back, let's talk about that relationship. That like being in the studio, that relationship with sure. the producer and what they can do for you, both as you as the writer and as the band as well. Because there are challenges there. You know, sometimes like Pete gets kind of heated sometimes. So first, let's hear this. This is David Lunning and his band. The track is Be Like Gold on Independence Day. So adrift and estranged From what I once was Before I lost my way And I ached for the place Where my love resides Across the mountains Across the river wide But as I gazed at that jagged line heavy burden weighing on my mind and I remember my father saying he said son be a working man and do the best you can and you'll be like gold 
in love with an honest heart and always do your part and you'll be like gold live with pride cause you know you tried to be like gold to be like So I rode through those forlorn fields Made my way back on some rusted wheels Back to where my true love resides Across mountains, across rivers But there stood the house Alone on the hill The pain was weathered now It was dark and still Full hours to be gone so long For I knew now My love was gone And I remember my father saying He said, son, be a working man best you can and you'll be like gold and love with an honest heart and always do your part and you'll be like gold live with pride cause you know you've tried to be like gold Be like He said, son, be a working man And do the best you can And you'll be like gold And love with an honest heart And always do your part And you'll be like gold Live with pride cause you know you That is the song Be Like Gold. The artist is David Lunning. Very nice music, gentlemen. I love that. Thanks. I love that. It's very dynamic. Less is more. Kind of starts quiet, builds, and then kind of lets the wave pass over, which I think is a really hard thing to do. Um, Especially, you know, when you're a younger musician, you want to play, like, all the notes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want to, you know, and you guys, I know you guys do get kind of raucous in your live shows as well. But I think it's a testament to a good musician when you can be quiet. As well as loud, because loud's easy. Fast is easy. That's the one thing they don't tell you. Like at Berkeley, you kind of learn that. Like if you do enough reps on that scale, you'll be able to play that sweep arpeggio as fast as Ingve Malmsteen, <laughs> right? But playing less, knowing what not to play, that's the hallmark of a seasoned yeah. musician. So kudos 
to you guys. Thank right you. Thank you. Good work. You're welcome. I Thank mean you. that. Thanks from, for noticing that. From the heart. Yeah. I did notice that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, we set this up before, like the, the like in the studio, like this is your second record. Now, as I understand it, uh, David, you produced your first record on your own. I did, yes. And with these yeah. guys? Uh, yeah. Okay. Guys, yeah. So now it's big difference to go into the studio. Like who decided that you should have a producer, I guess is the first question for the next record. Uh, well, Blue Rose Music actually was the one that introduced me to Carl Durfler, um, who was a producer. And, and when I met him, I was definitely, you know, I was like, I was wary of it, you know, a little bit. I was right. just like, I'm going to be working with someone else who's going to be also making decisions on how the music goes and yeah. stuff like that. And so it was very, uh, it was, I was nervous for sure. How did he build trust with you? Uh, well, we did, some, we did some trial stuff together. So we did, um, did a, couple, a couple songs um, together. And it was just, it was kind of immediate. Like when we started working together, I was like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. Like, yeah. Like a you know, I mean, a, he's a beast producer. He's yeah. amazing. Well, but but go a little deeper though. A lot of people know sure. their stuff. There's a lot of people who know a lot about music, a lot about recording. Like there has to be that chemistry. Like w- yeah. was there a specific thing, like moment where you kind of like he knew some guitar part or some album that you loved? Or well, well, one thing that I loved about working with him is that, um, especially for like my performances and stuff like that, he was able to bring out more energy and he was able to bring out more. Um, just like life to the passions. Yeah, how do you do that? Um, and it's like a voodoo trick, man. Yeah, it was a That's voodoo the trick. Thing. I, I'm not exactly. I mean, he just he kind of just pushed you a little bit. You know, it's like I need more. I need more. And then, yeah, it was it was it was really quite a magical experience. So he established the trust pretty early on. Yeah. And then once you feel comfortable, then you kind of, because that's the thing I think for a musician like that, that's that crucial point. The first time you work with a producer, because you've done, you know, you spent your whole life up to that point doing what you do the way that you do it. Right. Right. And whatever you decide is the way it's going to be. And maybe you had guitar professors or, 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 you know, teachers or a vocal coach or whatever, or just college professors like at Berkeley. Right. Uh, who kind of guide you. But then that relationship, once it's your own music, right? You've written it. You've conjured right. it up out of the depths of the songwriting guff and to make it into a thing, yeah. right? It's, that's your, your heart and your soul and like the stuff that means the most to you. And that trust is essential. But it sounds like, I mean, the results are good. Thanks. It's yeah, cool. It was, I, I, it, was, it was definitely a learning experience. He's so fast. Like, ah, that's also important. He's so fast, and he was able to just like hear things, hear th- you know, and be like, "All right, that needs to change. That needs to change. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. You know, let's go here with this." And it was just immediate, and it was, yeah, impressive. Yeah, really impressive. How about for the rest of you guys? Because he also had to build trust with you guys. I mean, again, David, your name's on the marquee, your name's on the record, but you guys are still a band. You function as a unit. Mm-hmm. You know, was it pretty, would he do kind of the same kind of thing with you guys as far as building trust? Because that's, I know one thing, it's, it's a very delicate situation when, uh, when a, an artist signs with a label, for example, and it's an artist, but he wants to bring the band along. Like those, those legendary stories of mm-hmm. like Tom Petty when they signed, like they didn't like this guy in the band. And first they just wanted him. So they signed just him, and they did some demos in like Tulsa or something, and then came to L.A., and then eventually, like one by one, the rest of the band kind of came, and but then they end up still signing Tom Petty, mm-hmm. right? But he still had the Heartbreakers ever since that time. Like, how did he build trust with the rest of you guys? Uh, this is Dave, guitar player. I, kind of the same way. We went out to the studio to uh, work on some tracks, which was f- 
maybe in retrospect, maybe kind of an audition. <laughs> right. You know, to yeah. see if we could do it. But he worked very quickly, and he knew what he wanted, and he knew how to get it, like David said, very very quickly. And he, he wanted the band to sound like the band. Right, right, like, right. Like we do. He wasn't trying to change us. It's like, play it. He was really um, emphasis on getting us to get the energy across as best we can with one big live take. Yeah. yeah okay. I think, I think we got that. How live is this record? I mean, I'm sure there's overdubs, but like our basic tracks, mostly live, partially live. Or all uh, the dr- kind of. I mean, it's it's kind of they're all treated differently. I would okay. say Actually, song by song. Each, yeah, each song was definitely treated differently. Um, I think, like for instance, like "Bit It All in Black," that was uh, that was all all together, and I think "Drifting" was as well. But then, of course, yeah, overdubs. And for sure. <laughs> Restless was also cut live. Yeah. For the basic tracks all around. Yeah. And then spiced it up afterwards a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. I mean, a lot of bands do it that way and for good reason. You go in, you get as much as you can of the band playing together, and then the poor drummer has to sit around for three weeks while the rest of the guys endlessly <laughs> overdub <laughs> mandolins <laughs> and stuff like that. So, you know, Lyndon, for you, like, I mean, in this particular band, like, once they were done with basic tracks, like, were you playing foosball <laughs> or like, well, I mean, we all went out to the studio, and it was a really beautiful area. So whenever I wasn't doing anything, it was awesome because I could just kind of walk around outside. And in the Bay Area, like up where you yeah, guys live? Yeah, Stinson Beach. I yeah. mean, it was, oh, it was man. Yeah, that sounds so, terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. And then, I mean, once I was done with all my drum parts, I did like some percussion stuff. And then after that, I just I could go home. So yeah, do, do my own stuff, whatever. I've always now... <laughs> did you guys do them in... Because this is this is really nitty gritty stuff, and I'm I'm really yeah, curious because yeah, yeah. I love this as someone who sure. makes albums myself. Did you record like batches of songs with drums, like three sets of drum tracks, like switching out snare drums and switching out drum sets and that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, it yeah. was it was definitely in batches. Okay, because what I've I guess what I'm building to is what I've always wanted to do is do I've, I've, every now and again you hear of an artist doing this, like they do a song start to finish, like the whole song, like down to the mix and everything, and then they yeah. move on to the next song. Because that way, even though it's the same band, you know, similar instrumentation, et cetera, like it's a different approach for each one. Like the drum sound might be wholly different from song to song. Like that's something I would love to do someday. That's, that's apropos that, of nothing. It has I nothing think to do with anything. Yeah, that, that is, is really? That is what we did. There was, I mean, for the most part, like the, at least the four of us would do our, our main parts. And there was, of course, still overdubs after that. But yeah, yeah it was pretty much we do one song and each person would do their part and then move on to the next song. I think that's... Yeah, it was... I mean, it, each song was definitely treated differently. I mean, there was times when also, like, there'd be, like, a, a drum overdub, like, after other things and then there's other songs where drums were first and so it was just... Yeah, each song was I think definitely different. I think the only thing that was the same on each song was the kick drum as far as the okay. drums go. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody that. cares about the <laughs> kick drum anyway. Well, it was just an amazing sounding kick drum. And we, yeah, yeah, yeah that kick. Awesome. Now, do they have a lot of cool toys in the studio that you guys use? Oh, my like gosh. Their amps God. and their stuff. Imagine all the vintage gear recording-wise, yeah. mics, preamps, compressors that you would want to have when recording. I can Carl imagine. Yes. Quite, and to quote Han Solo, I can imagine quite a bit. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God, the best. He brought out the best of everything. It was great. It was like, yeah. oh, I've never actually seen one of these. Great. Yeah. yeah. And you've got four of them. Or whatever. And then yeah. you've got to replicate that when you go out and play on the road with <laughs> whatever, whatever gear you don't have. Yeah. I know there's that, uh, that we were, uh, you were playing a Jason Isbell song when we were setting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a particular pedal that I'm nerding out about called a slide rig. Huh, they took an, a Yuri 1176 compressor and like kind of redid the circuit into a little compressor pedal 
Now, I'm not the biggest compressor pedal guy in the world, but for slide playing, for an electric, for an electric guitar player, like all those old school cats, like the guys from uh, Little Feet, like yeah. they had a trick where they would like double up seven, 1176 compressors. So they, like, they actually make a pedal that has two of those circuits in the same pedal. Who makes that pedal? Uh, it's well, <laughs> see, now you're going to nerd out about ah. it as well. Uh, <laughs> and Christmas is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, it's called the slide rig. If you just look that up, S-L-I-D-E-R-I-G, I don't get a kickback. I don't have one. I would love one. Um, but I don't know the manufacturer, but if you look that up, it'll pop right up on the internet. A quick Google search will figure mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. But And I mean, I'm not even that even that good at slide, but maybe if I had that pedal. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd be Lola George. <laughs> and that's how right it would there. go. But see, that's how it is. It's like, it's like the pie in the sky. You get that next amp and that next thing, and then I'll finally be there. Uh, anyway, so the artist this week, David Lunning, L-U-N-I-N-G. He's got his band with him. They are comprised of Dave Sampson on guitars, Ben Dubin on upright bass, which I love to call bull fiddle. And then tell me about this trick while I've got while I'm, while I'm mentioning you. Like you do this thing, you play bass and play harmonica. Like I play guitar and harmonica pretty regularly, but bass to me is the most precise instrument of anybody in the group because you're playing one note at a time, and everybody knows when the bass player screws up. Like the guitar player can get away with playing a wrong chord. Oh yeah. But like, was that did that just come naturally to you, or like, did you draw the short straw, or the long straw to get to play harmonica? I guess is the question. Well, if I play a wrong note, I just look at someone else and act like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then that kind of yeah. solves that because people don't. A lot of people don't. You're like, they're like, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. So I just make sure that I look yeah. like someone else did it. So that's <laughs> pretty much done. Uh, but yeah, actually, uh, when I. Earlier on, when I start, I started a band with my buddies, and we were like a three-piece, uh, like string band, and we were looking for ways to, um, you know, just do more stuff. I, right. I had a bunch of like trying a bunch of stuff, like I'd have right. awkwardly be doing a hi hat with the mm-hmm. bass and everything, and like because uh, we didn't have drums, and for some reason we didn't want them. I don't know why. And like, sorry, Lennon, but it's like nothing is we love drums. Anyways, point being is that. Um, yeah, so we're just like, what else can we do? And I was like, oh, harmonica. My dad plays harmonica. For some reason, I'd never played it. He also plays trombone, and I'd never played that. And that was not... Now, if you played upright and trombone at the same time, man... Little, yeah, that would be impressive, I think. Yeah, be. I mean, uh, it's, it's an, impressive enough to play harmonica in the bass. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's how it came it's about. It's a niche. <laughs> yeah. That it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then last but not least, of course, Lyndon Reed, drums and percussion. Just want to make sure we got everybody... Everybody listed here. You got another song. Let's hear some more live music. You guys have got all this gear. You dragged all this stuff. You like dragged it out of the minivan, dragged it into the studio, got it all set up. What's next? Uh, the next song is Gonna Forget About You. And give me a little bit of backstory on this one. Actually, weirdly enough, uh, this song was originally written as a party song. It was going to be like... <laughs> yeah, it's just, well... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was going to be, you know, going to go downtown, going to paint it red. It's going to be like, you know, it's just going to be like really, really fun. And, um, raise the roof and all that. Yeah. But then like some, some life happened and this was, you know, it still is a work in progress on this song. And so I got inspired to write it more as, as if a, a guy is trying to convince himself mm. that he's going to have a good time, even though he's like, obviously still caught up on on this girl and so right. he's just, he's just saying like yeah that's that's what i'm gonna do like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna have yeah. fun yeah Me- meanwhile he's it's like uh defeatist resignation right would be the the two free the thing i would think about with that and it's very priney speaking i know that mm-hmm. prine is a big influence on you but that's the thing that he does so very very well is uh you know his music is like 10 miles deep like it's funny because sometimes his music yeah. is six inches deep and ten miles wide, 
And sometimes his music is 10 miles deep and six inches wide. Totally. And he's capable of both. And it's yeah. amazing to listen to what he does and other songwriters, you know, like him. But I, you know, I'm, he's getting up there in years, man. It's every time his name pops up in my news, like I'm nervous because I'm like, please don't tell me John Prine died because I'm not sure I want to live in a world that John Prine doesn't oh, live God, in. Me it's like, you know, the last year was hard enough. We lost Bowie. No, we lost Prince. Nice. We lost Glenn Fry. We lost Alan Rick. We lost so many people. So many people. Um, and this year, you know, so far we're okay. It's <laughs> 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 a nervous laugh. All right. So this is the song. All right. The band, uh, David Lunning. You can look him up at davidlunning.com, L-U-N-I-N-G. And of course, drop by indepthday.com to hear this and other episodes. We've got all kinds of material on there. This is our 175th episode. I don't know what that is in terms of like, there's like the gold anniversary and the tin and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what you get for 175, but maybe a cheeseburger. That's what I would like. So <laughs> this is the song, Gonna Forget About You on Independence Day. Gonna shine my shoes and go out on town. Gonna shine my shoes and go out on the town. I'm gonna shine my shoes. I'm telling you the truth. I'm gonna let my heart out and set it loose. I'm gonna shine my shoes and go out on the town. I'm gonna put my hat on and walk out the door. I'm gonna put my hat on and walk out the door. I'm gonna put my hat on and walk out the door And I ain't gonna think about you no more I'm gonna put my hat on and walk out the door Yes, I'm gonna go downtown and paint it red It's gonna be the best damn night I ever had I'm gonna meet up with all my friends at the bar Gonna have a good time Laugh real hard That's what I'm gonna do Gonna forget about you Gonna take down that photo off the wall Gonna take down that photo off the wall gonna take it down and throw it out cause I can't even look at it now I'm gonna take down that photo off the wall cause a friend of mine said I've gotta move on yeah a friend of mine told me I've gotta move on well a friend of mine with a heart so kind said I'm gonna have better luck next time so I'm going out I've got to move on yes I'm gonna go downtown and paint it red it's gonna be the best damn night I ever had I'm gonna meet up with all my friends at the bar gonna have good times laugh real hard what I'm gonna do Gonna forget about you 
kidding These lies that I'm living Cause I can't get you off my mind But oh, my darling I gotta try, you see Cause I know you ain't coming back to me No So I'm gonna go downtown and paint it red It's gonna be the best damn night I ever had I'm gonna meet up with all my friends at the bar I'm gonna have good times and laugh real hard That's what I'm gonna do Gonna forget about you that's what I'm gonna do Gonna forget about you My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you ever so much for listening to Independence Day. We come to you Wednesday nights. If you haven't figured that out by now, I don't know where you've been. It's been like six or seven years now. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time, standard or daylight as the case may be. This week, so happy and proud to bring you David Lunning and his band. Visit him at davidlunning.com. Not literally. You can't visit him there. He's not there. (laughs) But you can learn everything you need to know about him if you drop by his website. Say hello, David. Hey, Joe. How's it going? It's excellent still. And thank you for bringing your band. Uh, it was interesting, just a, a little side note, like machinations of how this stuff goes down. Like, this was supposed to be, like yesterday when we started this, it was going to be you solo. Right. <laughs> and then it was going to be like, well, hey, can they bring the band? And it was going to be you solo, and I had an hour. Right. Right. And then it was like, hey, the band's going to be there too. And I told the publicist, well, that's awesome, and I would love that. But an hour is right out the window if we're going to do that. So thank you guys for being so accommodating. Oh, thank and you. And sticking around. I know you're probably eager to get home. You've got girlfriends and dogs in, in beds waiting <laughs> for you up in the Bay Area. So make sure you drive safely when you leave here tonight. And uh, thank you again for coming on. So excellent song again. Thanks. Man. Great work. A little more or less is more there. Um, we were going to talk about some road stories because these are never ending and they're always, there's just there's just gems, right? Now, <laughs> how soon after you did that first record, like touring is an interesting thing in California mm-hmm. because like if you're in on the East Coast, you can just run right up and down the coast. Those cities are a couple hours apart. You can play Boston and then drive to New York and still have all day totally. and then play Philly and still have all day and then play DC and still have all day and then go, you know, so in California, the distances are much farther. It's not like, like that here. <laughs> yeah. It's not like yeah, that at all. It's, it's a like big that. challenge for West coast bands. So like, wh- like how, like how did you make that step from playing like local venues to getting out on the road? And like, what were the first cities you looked to play? I mean, obviously Los Angeles, but then, then yeah. what? I mean, when it, the, the first tour was essentially just, Hey, let's go, let's, tour to texas and back and that was what we did and uh we booked the majority of it um ourselves and and there was but that was also when uh, mongrel who is now uh the booking agency um for us um but they helped out with like a couple gigs yeah okay it was like a courting thing and how did you find them because that's another thing for a young band like how did you get a booking agent so soon that was through actually uh uh, bill bowker who who is a, a dj up in um, Sonoma County on 95.9. And, um, the, and crush. He, yeah, 95 the Crush. 95.9, The Crush. And uh, yeah, he knew them, and in- he just introduced uh, them to me and, and told them to come see me play opening for uh, Dave Alvin. And then, yeah, then after that was... Because that helps that, a lot. That, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that tour was, that tour was not 
really, really booked by them. They had like the two awesome shows, and then like the, the rest anchor of, dates. Yeah, the anchor dates, and then the rest of them were were booked by by us. And um, that was an it, it was a really funny and really learning experience first tour um, to go on. But I mean, these guys are yeah. troopers. Oh my god! And we all like got along really well, and and um, but we definitely had some some stories going on. It's like moving again. There's that same metaphor. It's like moving in with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. or back in the olden days, like getting married and then moving in together, <laughs> uh, because like that's when you find out if you're really going to get along. Mm-hmm. Like when you live in separate places and you're just playing gigs and you're just like maybe riding an hour to gigs or whatever. Like everything's hunky dory. Like you know you're kind <laughs> of in the, the the honeymoon phase, but then once you start like going on those like 14 hour drives. Right. You know, and someone doesn't feel too well, <laughs> or someone has <laughs> indigestion, or God only knows. You know, because these th- things befall you on the road. Totally. You know, so any good road stories from that first run? Does anybody have anything from that one? Yeah, well, like, like you said, uh, in order to get like east, mm-hmm. if you're not just going to go up and down the west coast, if you want to go east, you kind of have to cross the desert and mountains too. And, and mountains, mountains yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of driving before you really can really yeah. show. And I think we were going through where were we exactly well the first show was actually got spoiled we played in Truckee oh, yeah. by tahoe and it was yeah, really yeah. off the hook well oh, yeah, received great. great show and then we drove to salt lake i think after that which was a long drive it's a long drive yeah i think you dr- drove all night right, probably Dave, and yeah. we didn't have time to really stop properly before we right. got to colorado or wherever the next show was so <clears throat> we improvised our sleeping arrangements in the parking lot of walmart Oh yeah. yeah, we slept there for about two hours, and it, and I and um, actually the the situation was that we had um, we didn't have enough room like in the in the van for all of us to lie down, and so there was like <laughs> two two people that took like the bench seats, and then and then actually Ben and I slept on on the top. It was, so I slept on top of the van, and he slept on top of the trailer. Um, under like stupidly, I guess we made a decision to park underneath the like giant floodlights. Right. So it's like. Daylight, right? We're to sleep. You're, you're actually getting a tan. Yeah, we're getting a tan. <laughs> While but you're actually, sleeping. And I was in a sleeping bag, and I was uh, for some reason I was I just felt like I was gonna get stabbed when I was sleeping. Yeah, and so I I like kept like just you know ha- having a hard time to going going to sleep, and then at one point, um, uh, there was like this person like running like really close and like really like they're running fast, and I was like, oh no. That guy is coming over. He's gonna pull the sleeping bag down and just <laughs> kill me for some reason. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I like opened up. I opened up the sleeping bag and like looked out, and he was like way, way far away, <laughs> yeah. like going to another car. Yeah. Um, the, I'll take this yeah. opportunity to say there are some funky people in Walmart. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, people have seen the like the people of Walmart <laughs> website, which is kind of like the the Hall of Fame of like funky people who go to who go to wasn't Walmart. Boring. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Was, you said it, it wasn't what, I'm sorry? It wasn't boring. Yeah, it wasn't boring. We also had that that same, or the next day, was it, that we went to uh, uh, Evergreen, and we were we were stopping in the place that we were going to stay the night. Um, and then Dave was like, it smells like it's going to rain. And that was right before. Oh. Do you remember this, Dave? Now I do, yes. Yeah, and, and we're like, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean it smells like? Said, I don't know. It just feels like and then it was like maybe 15 minutes later, we're driving on this like really skinny dirt road um, and like up this like mountain, <laughs> and it's just flash flood, yeah. like 
drenched us, and we had to like turn around. We all had to get out at one point to like turn around the trailer. Oh and man, like, like manually. Oh yeah, yeah. In, we in couldn't the mud do the turn. We couldn't, couldn't turn around, and uh, and I just remember looking at Ben, and he was just <laughs> looking at me and be like, "This is so ridiculous." <laughs> he looked like he just jumped, climbed out of a swimming pool. He was yeah. just soaked. <laughs> yeah. All of us. You know, but the thing is, like, just like any other story in life, like any trial you go through, anything that like sucks more than you can imagine. I mean, other than like having your arm chopped off by a, eaten by a shark or anything, like it makes for a good story later. Like as long as you survive intact. Later on at the pub, it's the best story. Yeah. It's like nobody oh, yeah. tells a story about the boring stuff. You don't oh, remember yeah. like the, the countless hours staring out at those windmills as you're driving across the I-40. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's very different. You know? So uh, so then now fast forward just a little bit. Sure. Right now you've you've done some touring. You know, you've got the first run of dates. Like how is how has the touring experience changed for you guys? Um, you're still <laughs> vanning it. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got a booking agent who's now taking along uh, taking on a bigger load. Yeah, of your of oh, your yeah. dates. Yeah, I mean they they're they're doing it all. So yeah. Ah, oh, man, that's like my dream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I always tell people like, oh, why don't you play shows, Joe? I'm like, because I hate booking shows. <laughs> yeah, I would right. rather go to the dentist than yeah. book a show. Yeah. I can't stand it. It's like the uh, worst cold thing. Cold calling. That's like that's the worst. Now I have friends. You know, I have friends who are excellent at this. Like a lot of people in LA. There's tons of musicians here. Friends of mine who have been on the show. People that have become friends since they've been on the show. There's guys like uh, they'll take a tent. Right, and they're pretty, you know, pretty rustic about the conditions in which they will camp on the road. Like they're camping in Colorado in eh, not January, but maybe March, and it's cold in wow, Colorado yeah, cold, yeah. in March, and they may snow on them. And like, yeah, we wake up and we got to like shovel out the tent and stuff. Yeah, uh, like how like was it was the Walmart like was that the most rustic it's been? Like sleeping on the roof of the trucks. First of all, I would be mortified that I would fall off the truck in the middle of the that's night. That's what I thought yeah. they were going to roll off. Yeah. Well, I was. I mean, I actually had, like, on the top of the van, there's, like, little railings. Okay. So it wasn't so bad, but he didn't. Not me. I was living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I was scared of is I... David gave me the task of waking up Ben. And we, and we didn't, like, know each other that well yet. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of scared. I was like, I don't know. Like, some people, you wake them up. And, yeah, it's and true. And they're just not nice. Yeah. Right when you wake... Like, they don't want to be woken up. Yeah, my yeah. sister's like that. Yeah. My, I have two sisters and two brothers, and I was the oldest. So it was my since high school started the earliest. It was always my job to wake them up on the way out. But my sister, uh, the older of the two, I, she, I shall not say her name, uh, protect her anonymity. Like she would like punch and kick and thrash <laughs> and like. Ah! And mom and dad eventually, I got wise. Like, hey, will you go wake up your sister? And I was like, nope. It's <laughs> <laughs> your daughter. See you later, mom and dad. See you tonight. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. go on. I'm so sorry. I got. I got. Yeah, I was lucky. So he didn't. He didn't uh, rip my head off or anything. And of course, <laughs> he was just. Very, he was very like he didn't know what was happening. And, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it was a rough sleep. I don't know. It was just very disorienting. And, yeah. Um, Sorry about that, man. No, but, no, no. no, no. Were, I, were, lesson learned: don't wake time. me up. Just try not yeah. to do that. No, it's no, no, tough. The, the the sleeping thing. I got to say, this is a thing people people outside the mu- music business like think of touring as this glamorous thing, mm. right? Like there's like palatial backstage areas with piles of cocaine and food, <laughs> you know, and like girls in bikinis bring you all your stuff, and like people carry all your gear. Um, but just like any other endeavor in life, there's like a top 1% of people who have those kinds of conditions, and everyone else is like grinding it out. Yeah. Like even musicians that you wouldn't expect are grinding it out. Like I remember re- like Mike Watt was the first guy that I ever heard of. Like mm-hmm. I, he was a guy that we knew. I mean, not personally, but growing up, like we knew who Mike Watt was. He was kind of legendary. But then I remember reading something like, yeah, he used to like drive in the van mm-hmm. and schlep in the, the gear. 
you know, so it's not as glamorous as people think it is. It's great and it's fun and it's good for character building and you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about the world and you experiencing the world at that speed is an important thing about life. Because um, I, I wonder about those bands who get huge success with their first record and they're on a bus right away and they're on planes right away. Like they get a distorted perception of their place in reality. So oh. you guys are earning it. Oh, we're earning yeah. it. <laughs> the old-fashioned way, which I love to hear that. I love to hear that. So uh, what's this last song we got? I'm about time for one more. What's this going to be? Yeah, the last one is Almost Sounds Like Laughing. And I think this one's a little more up-tempo, right? Yes. Than the other, yes, other two. And so this one's more indicative of what your live show is like. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the, the shows are kind of... Um, Dynamic in, in the sense of that it's like it can get super rowdy and also bring it down to more uh, mellow stuff. But it, yeah, this would definitely be one of the uh, more upbeat ones for sure. All right. Well, David Lunning and the band, let's hear this. This song is called Almost Sounds Like Laughing. Spirit, she flies through me. Lifts me up and consumes me Sudden rush and I'm out the door It's cold outside but she keeps me warm In that leg she lies with someone to call her name and keep asking I love so sweet when you call her name It almost sounds like it almost sounds like laughing Holding on to the dark of night Waste me of the sunrise And I reach out and I hold her close She takes me over and away we go And I like she lies with Someone to call her name I keep asking Love's so sweet when you call her name It almost sounds like it almost sounds like laughing She lifts me up, she gives me wings Oh my God, it's a glorious thing Lifts me up, she gives me wings Oh my God, it's the glorious thing In spirit she flies through me Lifts me up and consumes me Sudden rush and I'm out the door It's cold outside but she keeps me warm Yeah! Oh my God, it's a glorious thing. She lifts me up, she gives me wings. Oh my God, it's a glorious thing. She lifts me up, she gives me wings. Oh my God, it's a glorious thing. She lifts me up, she gives me wings. Oh my God, it's a glorious thing. Keeps me warm. 
That is David Lunning and his band. The song is Almost Sounds Like Laughing. Man, you guys, I love what you are doing. Like, if you ever want, like, an auxiliary musician, like, take me along in the van. Like, right I would on. Lo- you're the kind of band that when I think about the band, like, the kind of band I want to play in. Are you a good uh, driver? Right uh, I am a good driver. Okay. Looking forward, but here's, looking forward <laughs> and looking back at the same time musically. Yeah, and I'm, I'm good at fixing stuff, too, man. I got stories about, like, soldering a mixer in a hotel room. We had to take a mixer along for one of our tours. And the power that someone broke the power switch off. You hired already, man. Switch. You got the gig. And I, I got to, I got to finish the story now. <laughs> yeah. It's really short. But I was in. I, like, I had to solder the thing together, so I just hardwired the power cord to the mixer. So there's no more switch. So when you plugged it in, it came on, which isn't ideal. But we need the mixer, right? So, but I was concerned about doing it in my hotel room. I didn't want to set off the smoke alarm. So we dragged it into the hallway, <laughs> set up the soldering iron, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, if this thing catches on fire, like I want to be able to put it out." So we took the trash bag out of the can, had my drummer fill up the thing with water. So he was standing there on fire duty while I soldered the thing together. And it's not much of a payoff because it soldered fine and it worked fine and it worked for the rest of the tour. And we didn't have to set the hotel on fire or put it out with a bucket of water. But like these are the kinds of stories. So if you guys, anytime, man, I will be there for you guys. I play numerous (laughs) instruments and I'm a good cook on top of those sorts of things. And pleasant company, I like to think. So gentlemen, (laughs) thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much. For taking time out on the road, sharing your music, dragging all the stuff in, in, in the rain in LA, which is not a not an optimal thing, uh, and you guys have a brand new record coming out very very soon, just next Friday, which is February the third. That album is called Restless. Yes, it's on Blue Rose Music. Uh, you guys are on Amazon, I'm assuming. I think everybody. Oh yeah, everywhere. Nowadays. Amazon, uh, in iTunes, Spotify, all that. Yeah, it's good. Everybody's pretty well branded with that kind of thing. DavidLunning.com. He's also on SoundCloud. You can follow him on Twitter at David Lunning. And you got some gigs coming up too. Just tomorrow night, you're at Cargo in in beautiful Reno. Yes. Yeah. Is Reno a good market for, for bands these days? I have no idea. And that's like the stupidest David Letterman question in the world, but I have no idea. I've never played in Reno. Yeah, I mean, every time that we've played there, it's been it's been fun. And, and I mean, the Cargo is a great venue. Okay. Yeah. And then coming up very shortly thereafter, uh, just you guys were doing a duo thing at the Sweetwater Music Hall in Mill Valley, which I love Mill Valley. Wonderful place. And Mystic Theater in Petaluma after that, early February. The Crepe Place, Santa Cruz after that. Nevada City, California for that. San Francisco at Doc's Lab on March 3rd. And uh, man, so you guys a lot of dates coming up beyond that? Because when your record comes out, it like seems like they, they put you on the road. Yeah, there will be. There's going to be a lot of uh, uh, um, touring, and it just hasn't been, uh, it's not being announced yet. Okay, so yeah. big things are on the on the horizon totally. for you guys. Oh, so yes. I wish you the best of the luck with the new record. I wish you the best of the luck with the tour dates. Please stay in touch. Come see me when we're in Los Angeles. We'll hoist a pint together. Uh, David, Dave, Ben, Lyndon, thank you guys. Godspeed hey. to you. Good luck with the record. Thank you so much, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Okay, so thank you to David Lunning and his band, Dave Simpson, Ben Dubin, and Lyndon Reed as well. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The genial Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manager of the Independence Day website, stand-up guy. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Be sure to check them out. For Independence Day, as always, I am Joe Armstrong. If you do one thing today, please be good to one another.